Take your Bible, go to Revelation chapter 22. We began reading this morning in verse number 12 and read through verse 16 in a message that I've entitled The Most Important Doctrine in the Bible. The Most Important Doctrine in the Bible. Next week we'll finish our exposition with that great invitation passage at the conclusion of the 22nd chapter of Revelation. Thanks again, music ministry, choir, orchestra, great job. We're going to preach a little bit about the blood today. Thanks for singing about it as well. I'm going to ask all of you this morning to read the Bible with me out loud. So if you would rise as you stand, I want you to turn your eyes to the screen. You'll see Revelation 22. I'll begin reading in verse number 12, and you read out loud with me down through verse 16. Revelation 22, verse number 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Father, I pray in these moments you would reveal yourself unto us. Take my lips of clay and speak truth with the anointing of the Spirit is my prayer for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and be seated, please. As Jesus walked with his twelve, Matthew recorded in the 16th chapter and the 13th verse, this question. Jesus looked at them and said, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? What are people saying about me? And of course they responded. Some say you're this and some say you're that and some say another and they gave varied things. And then he said, but who do you say? that I am. When you ask our culture today, who is Jesus? You get a lot of answers. Some would say, oh, he's a wise man. Indeed he is. One man I read this week said that Jesus was a doer of startling deeds. Some say that he was a teacher of the people, and indeed he was. Others say he's a prophet. C.S. Lewis, when dealing with this question, looked back a hundred years before his time and quoted two authors, and this answer has really become uh, C.S. Lewis's word, but it's really not his. It uh, was garnered from two others, where C.S. Lewis wrote about who Jesus is, and he said these words, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. That is, 
I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Lewis would go on to say there are but three options. Jesus, you must say, was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. C.S. Lewis said, for a man to say the things about himself that Jesus said and really not believe them, he's a liar. Or for a man to say the things he said about himself and think they were so when they really were not so, he's a lunatic. <laughs> On the same level with a man who thinks he's a poached egg, said Lewis. Or a man who would say the things about himself that Jesus said about himself and those things are true and he knows them to be true, you can do nothing else but fall on your face and say, he is Lord. Amen. He's Lord. And so I proclaim to you this morning from the pulpit at Olive on this Sunday in August what this church presents here as gospel, as Bible, is that Jesus is God. He is virgin-born, a sinless life, raised from the dead. Jesus is Lord. That's our message. Well, we have no other. It is what we proclaim. And everyone must come to say, yes, he is Lord, or he's not. He's a liar, or a lunatic, or something else. But you can't be God, or you have to bow your feet, bow your knees, confess with your tongue. He is Lord. And in our text today, I believe there is the most important doctrine in the Bible, and that is that Jesus is God. Three things that I want to show you out of this text today give an invitation and invite you to come to faith in Christ, to invite you to say, Jesus is my Lord. Be saved and know heaven is your home, your sins forgiven, and he has been crowned in your life. First of all, this text gives us the deity of Christ Jesus, the deity. He tells us in verse 12, I am coming. In verse 13, I am Alpha and Omega, first and last, the beginning and the end. You see, Jesus was before all time. Before Genesis was, Jesus was. He is the Alpha and the Omega. After Revelation is finished and time is done, Jesus will continue to be. He is Alpha and Omega. You know that the Alpha is the first letter of the Greek 
New Testament alphabet, and omega is the last letter of the alphabet. It's the A and the Z, the alpha and the omega, if it were English, but it's Greek. He's first and last. He's alpha and omega. He, he was the first one. He'll be the last one. He was the beginning, and he is the end. He is everything in between, and when you're dead and gone, and one day you will be, he will continue. Before you ever drew breath, he was. Before the earth ever started spinning and the stars were flung into the sky, he was. For as before all things, he is after all things. He's the beginning of all things. He's the end of all things. He's the alpha. He's the omega. I simply share with you, Jesus is God. He's divine. This world scoffs at that, but we proclaim it. It is our gospel. For if Jesus is not God, and if we don't believe that, let's go play golf. Let's go to the beach. Let's go do something else. Why are we wasting ourselves here if he's not God? But if he is God, we bow and worship and cry out unto him, King of kings, Lord of lords, the deity of Christ Jesus. But secondly, there is also what this text unveils and what I call the exclusivity of Christ Jesus. Now, this is the most reprehensible doctrine in all the Bible to the lost world. They hate it. They will call you a bigot. They will say you are narrow-minded, and we are. Amen. Jesus said there's a narrow way. Some people are so open-minded their brains fall out. <laughs> you understand the world will hate you for this particular teaching of the exclusivity of Christ. But the text tells us in verse 14, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and enter by the gates to the city. Friend, there is but one way when you die to live forever, and that way is Jesus. There, there's not another way. We are not trying to get to the top of the mountain, and there's several roads that go up, north, south, east, west, and northwest, and southeast, and, and you can get up there several. No, friend, you travel the king's highway or you do not travel. It is the exclusivity of Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And no man, no woman goes unto the Father but that they come through Christ. Your robes are washed. In Revelation 7 and verse 14, we, we have likened unto this text where it says, he said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have had their They've been washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, children are here today and say, well, I can, you know, if I put blood on my clothes, they wouldn't be white. They'd... No, no, friend, you have to understand the blood of Jesus. That's where the power is. It is the cleansing element. It is not like blood that comes from your body. It's the blood of the virgin-born, sinless Lamb of God. And when you come to Him, the blood of Jesus cleanses us 
and makes us ready to go to the tree of life and enter into the city. Thank God for the blood. It is, by, it is the ex. For you see, you only go in through Christ, but there are some who don't go in. The, the text tells us. Here in verse 15, those that are on the outside of the city who can't go in, that don't have their robes washed, these are the dogs, the sorcerers, the immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, the liars, the dogs. Now, this doesn't mean your dog's not going to heaven. It's a big question. People ask me that a lot. This is not the puppy that lives at your house. When you go back and search the word dog all through the Old Testament, it is shown as cruel, unclean, the profane, the godless. These were the scavengers that lived in the city. And he likens the lost to the dogs that are profane and godless, unclean. The sorcerers, those dealing with demons. The immoral, this has to do with sexual sin in its root form here and Pornia. Murderers, those who hate life, be it early or late and everything in between. The idolaters, the people who worship the creature more than the creator. The liars, those that shut out truth, all liars. They, they have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. There are those that are inside, that those are the saved. There are those that are not. Now, hear me. Don't, don't let this text fool you when you think, well, I, I get saved. Let's kind of hang out at the gate of heaven. Oh, no, no, no. It's not just you're just right outside the gate. The Bible says that hell and Hades will one day give up those that are in it, and they will be cast into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. And there you will die a second. I'm amazed people tell me from time to time, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of party till I get to the end. I see it coming, and I'll get right with God, and I'll just kind of scoot right under, you know. Others say, well, I don't think hell can be that bad. I'll just kind of be outside the gate looking in, partying. That's one hot time on the old town tonight you don't want, my friend. There's only one way in, and it's the exclusivity of Christ. It, it is to be washed by the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Do you know it? Now, that's the way John did this morning when he's leading the choir. He, he cut them off like that. I said, I can do that. Amen. <laughs> hey, it's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the only way to glory. He's Lord. Jesus is God, the divinity. He's the only way, the exclusivity of Christ. Now, this world hates that, but I'm telling you, it's the truth of God. And then thirdly, there is the reign, the reign of Christ Jesus. Oh, look at it, verse 16, where the Lord himself speaks and says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root 
and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Oh, he reigns, the root and descendant of David. We, we look back to the Old Testament, we see King David, and out of, out of the root of David comes the Messiah. Uh, Paul speaks to it in Romans chapter 1, verse number 3. Paul always, concerning his son, who was born as a descendant of who? Of David, according to the flesh. Jesus was king. He was king. Second Timothy, he writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 8, where he says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, king, according to my gospel. He, he's at the root and the descendant of David. He is king. He is king. He is king of kings. And then he is the bright morning star. Did you see the bright morning star today? You go out a good while before daylight, you'll see it. That morning star is there, and it's telling you, it's, it, it's turning on to say, take hope. Because the sun is coming. The sun's coming. New days rising. Jesus is that bright morning star. There's a new day coming. It's called eternity. Glory to God. It's the other side. Matthew 2 and verse number 2. The Magi came. They said, where is he who's born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and we've Come to worship him. King, he's king, I'm telling you. He's king. He rules and he reigns. He's in charge and you're not. He has the first word and you don't. He gets the last word and you don't. He, he's king. Friend, it's not a democracy. It's not up for vote. You don't. You didn't vote him in. You can't vote him out. He sits on the throne from eternity on forever. There is no end, for he's king of kings. And he rules and he reigns. You say, I don't like it. You don't have to like it. I don't care if you like it. But he's king. And let me tell you, that king is benevolent. It's why he left the throne and became flesh and lived and died. It's why they stretched him out on that old cross. The king loves you. He died for you. What a king. What a king. He, he rules, and he rules with compassion and love. That king loves you. He died for you. He wants to save you. If you'd believe, he'd save you today. He rules, but he also rewards. He rewards. Look in the text. Back in verse number 12, behold, Jesus said, I'm coming quickly. My reward is with me to render to every man according to what he's done. Amen. He's, he's coming, and he's going to rule and then he rewards, and he rewards you for what you've done. And some of you ain't doing nothing. It's time to get busy for the master. You don't get to heaven by what you do, but because you're getting to heaven by what he did, then you should do what he's called you to do. And he has his reward with him, and he's going to give it 
to you? What are those? I don't know. There are some. There are crowns. You can find some in the Bible. I'm just telling you, you need to be busy here about what is eternal rather than what is temporal. Not against having a savings account. You ought to have one. You ought to take care of yourself. But when you die, you leave in all of it. A double L. He rewards. So, friend, let me ask you who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Three choices. It's all a lie. He's not God. He's just a man. You can land in that camp. Some of you do. He's good, but just no better than any other good man. You can say he's a liar. Or he's a lunatic. He, he didn't even believe. He, he was not what he said. Lewis said, like a poached, a man who thought he was a poached egg. <laughs> Every time I read C.S. Lewis about it, I, get, I, I laugh. But he says, like a man who thought he was a poached egg. My mother-in-law loved poached eggs. I hate poached eggs. If anybody hates them worse than me, it's my wife. And every time we went to Mary's house for breakfast, she knew that. And she served poached eggs. <laughs> this is all every time. Hey, they're meant to be fried or scrambled, not poached. She's in heaven now, and she knows I'm right. <laughs> but every time I see Lewis's quote, like a man who thought he was a poached egg, I thought, yeah, that's an idiot right there. That's who that is. I just don't like them. You may love them, but that's okay. He just, I chuckle every time. You may think he's, you got to vote. He's a liar or he's a lunatic. Or he's Lord. Lord. I'm sorry to the sweet lady in Daphne, Alabama that wrote me this week, I, I apologize. She said, Pastor, I love to hear you preach, but, but sometimes you whisper and I can't hear you. He's Lord. <laughs> Lord over in Alabama. <laughs> Let me make it clear. He's Lord. Hope you can hear me. But more than hearing me, I hope you'll bow before him because he's king and he's Lord. If the Lord wills, on Tuesday, I will stand right here at 11 o'clock and lead the funeral service for Jay Johnson. Jay died of COVID, 52 years old. I've been visiting with his family talking, getting ready for the service. 
And of course, I always want to know about their conversion experience. Tanya said, Pastor Jay got saved in his little boy at church. It said he was like some of us that got saved early. He didn't really get discipled and he meandered away from the faith and it was a very tough situation at home. He went to the Marine Corps for four years in search of sanctification. Came home and he's a big guy, funny, loved a big laugh. She said, 20 years ago, we were living in Dothan, Alabama, the Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and we were at a restaurant, and the pastor and a visiting evangelist came in, came over and visited with us at the table, invited us. She said, Jay told me later, said, well, do you think that's a sign from God we ought to be at church tomorrow? She said, I think so. She said, Pastor, we went to Ridgecrest the next day. And she said, a visiting preacher was there. She said, I'm not even sure of his name. She said, I think it was Smith, but I don't know. I said, oh, Bailey Smith. She said, that's it. That, that's the name. I, I remember now. <laughs> I said, I can tell you within four of the sermons he preached. She said he rang heaven's bell that day. She said, Jay didn't go forward, but we went out to the car. And after we got in the car, she said, we just drove not very far. And he pulled off the side of the road and said he just put his head down. And he just said he started to weep. He said, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm not sure. But today I want to nail it down. And I'm going to make him king of kings and lord of lords. And she said, Pastor, that day God radically changed my husband and radically changed me. She said God took two big sinners and made us different. As we named him Lord. Lord. A dear friend, I don't know who you, everybody is in this room today, but you can't just call him a good person. No, no, that's the worst thing you can do is say Jesus was just a great teacher. You've made him a fraud. He's Lord. He's God. And what you do for God is, is that you, you bow at his feet. Say, Father, I give you my life. And when you do, he changes you forever. What he did for Jay, he'd do for you. And everybody in this room needs to claim him. You know, we use a little phrase, make him. You don't make him Lord. He's Lord whether you get in on it or not. You crown him Lord in your life, but you don't make him anything. <laughs> he was made way before you got here. But I understand what you're saying. You, you crown him. That's what you do. You, you take the crown off. You, you crown him. Crown him Lord of all. Is he your Lord? 
He's coming to rule. He's coming to reign. Now we're going to invite a little different today. Nobody moving. Stand right where you are at home. You can sing along with us. John's going to sing this little chorus. Now I want you to sing it with him. You know it. I'm going to ask you nobody to slip out. I want you to sing with me today. He's Lord. He's Lord. John's going to start singing. You just stay right there in your seat. Sing it with us right now. Sing it, John. Here we go. We're going to join you. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, no instrument, just your voices and mine. Let's lift it. Here we go. Sing it. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now stand, oh, everybody stand, just look right here in the middle of the church, look right here. Let's sing it, let's sing it. He's Lord, sing it for us, John, we're going to join you. Here we go. He is Lord. Is He Lord? He is Lord. Yes, He's Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. Any guy get a witness? He's Lord. Amen. He's King of Kings. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. John's going to start singing again. I'm headed down here to the altar. If you've never professed him as Lord, I want you to come today and say yes to him. If you want to go out to Next Step tables, they're out there. They'll help you. You can go out there and do it. But when we start singing, we're going to be dismissed. If, if you know somebody that needs to get saved, just reach over and take their hand. If you know somebody ought to join the church. We had a lady come to early service, join the church. She was a member here, my goodness, I don't know, several years ago and, and had been a member here well over 25 years, moved off. Her husband died. She came back. She said, well, I guess it's time for me to join again today, Pastor. I said, well, amen. I've been waiting on you for a good while. Brother John took care of her over here. It's one of the sweetest ladies ever been in this church. Just so you need to come home. You need to put a part of your chair. Just say, that's what the Lord's told me to do. Well, make him Lord. See, when he's Lord, we obey. When he's just a religious person, we do whatever we want to. But when he's Lord, we say, here I am. Private trailer reporting for duty. What you got for me to do today? It's one thing to sing, he's Lord. It's another thing to bow the knee, bow the life. Some of you are ready to do it today. Amen. John's going to sing. When he sings, we're going to begin to be dismissed, going to those next step tables. I'm going to be waiting right here. So just come with your friends. Just come. It's a different kind of invitation. But that's the way we're going to do it today. 
just take his hand, take her hand, say, are you ready today? Amen. Let's go see the pastor. Let's go to next steps. Come, join this church. Come for baptism. Come, come. Today's a great day. He is Lord. Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last, He is coming quickly. Blessed be the name of our Lord.